to another episode of the close-up on the orlando magic hq network my name is steven cameron uh your host for this show for this program we haven't talked in a few weeks and i apologize for that uh life got real crazy um last uh the week right before christmas you know or that that week before the end of the year and i was traveling was not doing a podcast that week had every intention of dropping one this past week but had a cancel uh had some timing conflicts with a with with our guest and it just didn't line up um and life was just kind of gnarly so just put that on pause and now we're back and we have a great guest good friend of my show from before I transitioned to HQ his first time on the HQ version of my show Luke Smith how you doing man thanks for coming on today I'm good dude I'm good good to see your face how you doing man Man, I'm good. I'm good. It's uh, you know, it's it's Monday, January eighth for me. Uh, Tuesday, January 9th for you, with you being in the future and different time zones and stuff. But um, you know, it's good. We're both waking up and uh, to a magic win last night, so that's always fun. Um, before we get into that, man, I want to like pause a second. You're wearing something fresh. Um, oh, there's probably only yeah. a handful of these sold so far. Um. You're wearing a, a nice jersey. That is a a Joe Ingles classic uh, throwback the jersey, stars. and I fucking love it, dude. Um, Joe Ingles stars. I might yes. be the only one in Probably Australia, man. Probably the only jersey I, I would actually possibly buy right now. Yeah, like dude, I don't it's know. Possible. So, all right, dude. How the heck did you get that jersey? Um. So the Magic merch in Australia is a little bit of a weird one. Um. There's been a weird little uptick the last couple of years. I've noticed in a couple of spots. Like we've got these like weird little chains called like stateside sports and 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 uh, lids lids i think is in north america it was there when i lived in toronto um and now australia sure. melbourne actually has one of the official nba stores now um and it's got like i think it's got like cole anthony jerseys like the statement one and then it's just all throwbacks like t-mac penny shack um but you go in there and you can get a jersey made up on one of the statement ones if you want and i went in and inquired one time it's kind of near my work i just walked in on my um on my lunch break and i but i was like i really if i, if I get ingles because he's the first australian player to ever play for the magic i need it to be the stars i need it to be the classic and um i'm just kind of like casually saying that out loud here and there kind of to myself but my girlfriend is in my presence and i'm I, like I promise I wasn't hinting for her to get it. Like the thing is, I would have just gone and got it if I'd seen it there available quickly. And the thing was, I was I've gone overseas for a trip, so I was like, I'll buy it when I get back. And then Boxing Day morning, when I go over to my girlfriend's family house, like the first thing I open, I'm just like, oh fuck! I just see the blue as soon as I open it. And I was like, and she doesn't like bless her, but she doesn't know anything about basketball, so she's like gone and got the right thing, right size, like the stars, Joe Ingles. She knows he's the first Australian player to play for the Magic, which is a big deal for me. So yeah, it's pretty sick. Yo, I love it. I love it. Uh, that's that's good. What a great gift. Um, this is the first year I didn't get anything magic related, and I'm actually kind of thankful. Um, <laughs> I I'm not a huge Jersey person. Uh, you know, I, I bought myself a nice uh magic sweater over like the Thanksgiving time mm. period. You know, in November, so like I didn't I didn't need anything this this year. Um, so I I was fine with that. But that you know, 
Ingles again. I I might buy myself a Magic Ingles jersey depending on how the end of this season goes. Just mm. he's too clutch, you know. And I'll, I'll have more years to to think about Apollo jersey later. Yeah. But yeah. this year might need to be an Ingles one. Oh sure, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So people might think that you know he came over and he wore two at like um in Utah and then he wore seven in uh, Milwaukee and stuff and people might think two was already taken but. He's seven is, I think, has always been his number that he preferred because he's always wore seven for the national team. That's always been his Australian number. And I think when he started with the Southern Dragons in gotcha. the NBL, and I saw him play in the NBL like 16, 17 years ago in his rookie season, he used to wear seven. So I think seven has always been the number he's preferred for the most part. So I'm glad he's got to wear that number with, um, with the Magic. Oh, dude, that... I love that. I love that. No, I, I definitely go. am going to get like maybe a seven with like a slash two just mm-hmm. to honor both eras of Joe Engel. Mm-hmm. Just kidding. Just kidding. No, I love it, man. I love it. Cool, dude. Well, before we get into the main part of this, the, the show, I, I got to run through some of the housekeeping things as I like to call them. Um, listeners, I want to, I want to give you all a heads up on the Instagram subscription program that we have. We kicked it off about a month and a half ago. It's been really, it's been going really good. We just did a huge giveaway where we gave away um, an Orlando Magic City Edition starters jacket, which was really sick, and a bunch of hats. We'll be doing more giveaways for that, but that program's $5 a month. It's through Instagram. It's one of the only um, Magic Instagram, like deeper platforms that you can do right now um, with, with all the other content creators out there. Uh, there's a members only group chat. You get, you can get 20% off, um, select home game magic tickets. Um, that we do, you know, live Q and A's are actually doing a Q and A tomorrow night, Tuesday night, um, you know, at 10 PM. So, uh, you know, Q and A round table, whatever you want to call it, just a, a live phone call, a conversation with all of us to chat magic basketball. Um, there's, there's, you know, we do graphics for everyone. There's, there's, uh, you know, exclusive posts and stories just for everyone. And really, you know, it's just a way to build a little bit of community on that platform. Um, the five bucks a month comes to us that we just kind of like, kind of give back to you guys. We, it either goes back into approving our content or doing giveaways and stuff like that. So think about doing that. We also have some really cool content going out right now, like at orlandomagichq.com and on our, our YouTube channel. There a few weeks ago, I mean, it's a little bit older now, but a few weeks ago, we had an exclusive interview uh, in an article format from Luke um, Scochi uh, with Goga Patadze, which was awesome. Still really relevant if you'd like to read that now. Um, and then Brett, uh, he just dropped a dope video on YouTube all about Paulo, which I mean, Paulo is on a crazy run right now. So uh, definitely that's relevant. So yeah, check out OrlandoMagicHQ.com. There's some really cool shit over there. Uh, check out our Instagram subscription program. If you feel like supporting us, let us know. Um, we'd love to have you join that community. And then last but not least, this program is brought to you by Bet Online. With NFL playoffs right around the corner and the NBA season in full swing, Bet Online has you covered with all the up to all up to the second odds, news, and scores. Um, I was in Florida. I wanted to bet. I used to bet online because I don't really bet out here in California because there's like laws. And I guess I could get around that by using bet online. It's not the same as going to like, um, I don't think it's the same as going to like DraftKings and stuff like that. It's pretty cool. Um, with the additional odds, lines, trends, and info on both desktop and mobile, you can access the world's best wagering information anytime. 
head over there today to get an get into the action and see the updated odds. Remember to use promo code believe that's B L E A V believe to receive 50% off or sorry to to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Um so that's like you deposit 100 bucks they're going to give you another 50 bucks on top of that um for your first deposit if you use the code believe B L E A V E. Bet online where the game starts. Luke, so man, it is like I said, it's 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 a fun day, right? The Magic are on a two-game winning streak. They just had two really cool wins versus the Denver Nuggets on the road to close their road trip. Um, and then a nice real tight overtime win against the Atlanta Hawks last night to improve their record to 25 and fit or sorry, 21 and 15. They are tied for fourth in the in the east with Cleveland and New York right now. All those teams are 21 and 15. The teams ahead of us are Philadelphia 76ers at 23 wins, Milwaukee Bucks at 25 wins, Boston Celtics at 28 wins. Um and then there's, you know, the there's the play-in teams below us at 20. A couple of teams are at 20 wins and there's a big gap between um Indiana and Miami to Brooklyn and Chicago at 16 wins. The Magic are fourth in the standings. We started off so, so hot this season. I think hotter than anyone expected. We knew we were going to be an improved team this year. How have you been managing the shift in vibe and consistency of the teams with, with this hot start that we're having, you know, you know, about a third of the way through the season? Well, I guess there's a reality to it. Like it's, it's for the most part, it's kind of been health related. Um, I think that, you know, national media was pretty caught off guard by us. I think the peak behind the curtain with the Magic this year is that the reality was that it was our bench winning games. Like our bench was really dominating other bench units. And I think that really, really helped us. I think that was a really core cool part to what the consistency and the success we were kind of having. And then that started to get dismantled. That's where the health problems were initially. We had a big stretch where it was like any combination of Gary, J.I., Joe or Jalen were out. And then that depth started getting uh, asked to be called upon. And that depth, we can talk, we'll can talk. we talk about that. I'm sure we'll talk about Caleb and Schumer and guys like that coming up because the depth has been questioned even more. But I just don't think it was hitting straight away. And I think like, like any young team that's hit a really good spot and is kind of finding ways to win with good coaching and stuff, it's, it then becomes about like, uh, how are you going to step around each little landmine of the season? You know? And I think that there was a real struggle with that. But I think the reality of it is health. Um, you know, added to that is Wendell kind of coming back in and the look of the team has kind of changed around like Paolo and Francis' usage, um, what they're seeing they're capable of. Like, like I, I, we can get to this later, but like I've got a real kind of, I think what's really interesting about how we started off so well was just that I think those two have just actually become better players. Like I genuinely believe that they've become better players and the kind of increase in, in, in kind of their development has been incremental in some really key parts. But I think right now, man, it's just like I'm kind of white knuckling for January because of the schedule. It's like just I've got a figure in my head. I have a number in my head about like what I will be happy with for our, our results in January. Hopefully Franz isn't out too long. Hopefully Joe's back soon because he, he makes Cole Anthony better. He comes at second unit. He's he is the best like ball handler and and ultimately a point guard. Like he's a ancillary kind of like secondary playmaker. He's the best kind of basketball IQ dude that Cole has been able to play 
substantial minutes with on a bench unit. And I think he makes like Cole way better and everything. He kind of brings that second unit together with a real glue element. Um, J.I.'s having a good season, man, like beyond kind of like the expectations we can have, you know, when he is on the court, I think. So for me, it's just health. The really bad run of health has come at a tough time because of the schedule this month. But I've got a figure in my head for January. If we can pull it off, we can pull it off. And I'm just kind of then I want to go from there because the trade deadline will be a week away. And then we see how we go from there. You've said a few things in in that that I want to touch base on. Um, you know, the first one, it just sounds like you've enjoyed you've enjoyed where we're at. You know, like we've 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 we're not the last this is one of the best starts we've had in, in the last decade, which is really pretty incredible. And and then just to you know, you talked about seeing, you know, part of it is just like Franz and Paulo getting better and it's like shit, man, this this run that this team is on at the moment is you know, run. Let me let me rephrase that because they've you know the last five. They're two and three out of the last five, right? So it's not really a run, but like Paulo's run right now that he is on, like he will be an all star this year, and that is because he got better. You know, um, he's not going to get fan voted in, but I'm I'd be very 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 surprised and disappointed if he didn't get voted in by by the coaches, and I, I think that's going to happen, right? So that's they're already putting him on posters in 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 airports in uh indianapolis right so it's pretty exciting to see that i've been really happy as a fan granted yeah i'm i'm a grumpy old man and i always find things to complain about because that's just like in my nature but i'm definitely smiling a lot more i'm definitely having a lot of fun and it seems like i mean is that also your experience just like a lot more joy with with most of these little runs and these these games we're having yeah, don't don't get me wrong. We're twenty one fifteen. We're full seed in the East in fucking what, like January ninth. Like it's it's unreal. It's yeah. best season we've had in in years. Like, um, you know, like if you if you look at the numbers, like at the end of the day, it's like yes, we made the playoffs two years in a row. Um, in nineteen and twenty. Um, you know, and and took a game from from I think the eventual champions both years, and like that was cool. But as we've always said, like those teams. You just kind of knew where the ceiling was, but now, like, what would happen if we if we if we got to the playoffs this year and say we play Miami last year's finalists, right? And like, if we if we if we end up with Miami in the first round and they're healthy, like, I'm not gonna think that we're gonna win at the end of the day. Like, I, I probably would, gun to my head, have to put money down. I'm probably putting it on Jimmy Butler and and guys like that who have been there before. But what's different about watching early thirties, Vooch and Evan? is now it's like we're watching guys who will learn how to do it next time. You know what I mean? Like it'll be the start of something and that's what's right. exciting. It's kind of like, it kind of feels like you're on the ground floor of something, which is really fucking sick. So for me, if it's like, if we end up in the playoffs this year, I'm just going to be so over the moon. Obviously like right now, um, something that I didn't clock until the other day is actually that gap between like 10th and 11th. Like there's quite a buffer there for us to at least remain playing, you know? Um, if we do have a bit of a bad January and, you know, we kind of step back from those teams we're kind of bundled up with, there's still actually a bit of a buffer there. Um, so for me, that's good. But I would just say joyous as hell. Um, I'm going to get Jalen Suggs' face tattooed on my chest. Um, you know, like, Paolo and Franz are the best, man. I'm, I'm, we have an Australian on the fucking team, man, so I'm over the moon. Uh, Cole Anthony's having a great year. Like, I, 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 Mose is like, you know, like he, he is a young coach too, but like he is just a dude. He's got those guys ready to run through brick walls, man. And like, it, it's so joyous. It's been 
you know, but now you start those expectations creep in because when we get to a game, we're like, oh, well, we can win, you know. And now when you when you don't win, you kind of then get a bit like, oh, but we we're we're twenty one and fifteen, you know. So expectations in your brain can kind of shift so quickly. But overall, I, I've I've been so happy this season, man. Like my basketball group chat with my friends in Australia, like I'm not even talking about the NBA anymore, man. I'm just like I'm just talking about the Magic by myself, and no one's responding to me, you know. That's fun. Yeah. Man, I, I want to transition to kind of like we're going to get to talk about some of these injuries in a second, but what's kind of leading up to that is like I want to pause and talk about Joe Ingles, and I know I didn't really like throw this in our outline, but uh, it's just too hard not to bring him up because you brought him up. I've I've been having this theory for a while now that like he is the glue that holds this team together. Granted, yes, Paulo is the best player on the team, but but Joe might be one of the most important players on the team as far as what he brings to this team. And like, you can see how impactful he is from the moment he got injured like two weeks ago um, and to how much that second unit is missed. Uh, you know, like you look at the first unit compared to the second unit and, you know, you have ball handlers and decision makers up and down the, the starting five, right. For the most part, outside of Goga, he's not really a ball handler decision maker. Um, uh, you know, Black is shaky in that department, but but can do some playmaking. But but Suggs can can help others be better. Um, Franz and Paulo can obviously help others be better. But then if like you take Joe out of that second unit, it's kind of like a lot more two dimensional players. You know, you have Cole, and then you have um, uh, you know Caleb, great shooter. Um, he's definitely making some some improvements on the defensive end. Shout out there. Um, but he's not making, he's not playmaking for others. He's not setting people up. Um, you know, who else is in that second unit? J.I., he's okay. Mm. He can like, he can do a little bit of things with the ball in his hands, but not really. You're not, you're not counting on him to help others or, or slow things down in that way. He's just a defensive monster. Hope he's hitting open shots, right? That's kind of like where he plays smart cuts kind of thing. Um, you know, Mo Wagner, he's definitely grown this season, but Again, he's not really a decision. So, like, I, I say all that to say, like, you bring in Joe Ingles, and that really is just bringing another person to be able to, like, set up the rest of this team and, like, verbalize um, what he's seeing on and off the court. What What is it about Joe that makes him, like, I mean, you're a coach, right? You're you're heavily involved in, in basketball operations over in, in different leagues in, in Australia, like, You've been around the game a lot, so you you see things a little bit differently than what I see things. What are you seeing from Joe Ingles this season and how he's been impacting the players? Um, I know I just ranted through a lot, mm. but like I want to hear your opinion on it too. Um I guess I guess I, I don't know the crossover of listeners, but if there's any like people who listen to HQ episodes who might not have listened to Close Up Magic, like I've been on the Close Up Magic a few times and obviously by my accent, you might be able to tell that I'm not from Northern America. I'm Australian and um, Joe Ingles is obviously someone that I've, I've, you know, I've watched his game for a long time, knew who he was before the NBA, follow our national team, all of that stuff. So, um, with him, when he came, I, I think I, I had, I was able to get on close up magic and, and just kind of talk a little bit about what he is and what he'll bring. It's been an interesting experiment with Joe in seeing how much maybe magic fans didn't watch him and maybe i think it was our friend jonathan who made a really good point that he like he said it seems like magic fans thought we were getting duncan robinson or tyler hero because they saw the 40 percent threes 
and they they thought something else. That, but the, the, that's not what his three points are. Like he is like a catch and shoot guy, maybe off a pick and roll, but everything's slow. You know what I mean? So I would say the thing with Joe Man is like, and I'm I don't if, if it's okay with you, I might take it back. But it's he learned the game in a country where fundamentally it's taught in a bit of a different way um and it's it's quite especially his generation you know like the 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 australian national program that he grew up in especially his generation and his age like iq is really went on uh and and that's something that's really important and i think he just sees the game slowly and he's able to watch a guy like cole where cole's learning curve throughout the his time in the nba has been kind of about um, decision making, how you control yourself when they're making you uncomfortable, you know, eyes up, what do you see? Um, how can you make others better? How can you find better shots? And I, I can't remember exactly what Cole said, and I won't try to paraphrase him, but there was something Cole said a little while ago where he kind of said that. He's like, Joe has made me better. Um, so for me, it's just, I think what it is, is he came into the start of the season with the lowest usage he'd ever had. I think his shot profile looked a little bit different um, and I think he was struggling a touch. The three-point attempts aren't super high, um, but now they're going in. He's at like 40%, you know what I mean? But you see him like, watch him on the bench. Like I would, I would recommend any Magic fan, watch him on the bench whilst he's injured anything. He's that, he's that player who's become the assistant coach now and he'll pull a guy off and he can, he's, he's on him. He's like in the ear and he's not like, an, he's not like one of those big booming veterans who's kind of like, you know, poking a guy in the chest saying you've got to be more of a dog. Like, he's not that. Like, he's talking, like, the game, you know? And I think that's – people kept saying we needed a vet, and he then he missed some threes. And people were like, oh, well, then we need Jet Howard. It's like you, you want a guy who can't defend and just shoots threes, and, like, the team really knows he's not ready. You kept saying we need a veteran, but he can't hit some threes for a few games. And, like – it, it really irked me. I was like, no, what he's bringing is so much more than that. And now they go in. Now he's got that second unit running at a good pace. I actually like the build of that second unit. It's just kind of like offensive-minded, like arrogant center, um, you know, like, and then the power forward who can kind of lock up both the rim and the perimeter, secondary playmaker at small forward, floor spacer at the two, and then you kind of, you know, you kind of microwave guy at the one playmaker. And, I think it's kind of good. That's kind of like, it's, it's kind of been the, the framework of some good second units. You know what I mean? And so I think it's just, I, I didn't like the reaction to him, his shot not dropping for a while at the start, because for me, it's like, there's so much more that's happening that's invaluable, especially to the games of other guys on the court. And now that they're going in and now you can see like, he, he is an invaluable part of this team. And like, I, I would hope that development might put us in a position where you know, maybe we do keep him around next year and maybe he doesn't play as much. That's fine. But his voice, like, and you, like anyone, anyone who watches a lot of the Magic content and, like, listens to the other players, like, I know they all joke, like, Uncle Joe, and they're all, like, Cole Anthony's like, yo, he's old. But when they're talking seriously, listen to how they talk about Joe. And, like, it's, it's, it's very valuable what he's bought. I mean, I couldn't agree more. And, you know, Joe's 36. He's not long term with this team but i think what he's doing right now is is uh, irreplaceable and you know i've been yelling for years we need a we need a we need a true vet and you know people would say oh, jonathan isaac and Leno carter jr and markel fultz are, are growing into vets and i'm like 
Yes and no. They they yeah. have a couple of years of experience, but the, but their years of experience have been on really bad teams with a lot of ups and downs, and and most of those guys have been injured a shit ton. So it's like they they haven't really been in it. You know, they haven't been in the thick of it. They haven't been in battles yet. Um, and we we got Gary Harris who who helped a bit. You know, definitely brought some um, stability and respect to the team with with you know a couple. Of, Playoff, couple big playoff appearances with with the Nuggets. Um, you know, been in the league for a little while. He was at, he was our oldest vet at like twenty seven at the time when we picked him up or whatever. Now he's like twenty eight or whatever. Um, but but then you you get Joe and it's like, it, I think he made the playoffs almost every year he's been in the league. You know, I think he's yeah, been yes. like eight or, or like ten or eleven years. I think he's been in the playoffs every season uh, since. Um, you know, so he's got a fuckload of of playoff experience. He's those Utah Jazz teams were playing at such a high level for so many years. Um, it's it, it it was just what this team truly. He doesn't take shit from anyone, so he'll tell people the way it is. And it's just like that's what this team needed, um, you know. And it's and someone that can also play because then they can respect him a bit too, right? He didn't necessarily need to be a starter by any means, but it's cool because like we now we know like a little bit more about what this team needs long term um, because of what he's brought to this team and cool we know that second unit probably needs some sort of a wing that can do some nice playmaking slow things down um and be a nice complimentary to to cole anthony because that will bring the best out of cole anthony and bring the best out of mo wagner um and things like that right so it's it's nice to see that framework there's gonna be younger guys in this league that can fill that in in the next year or two whenever we decide to move on from joe as a as a rotation player but it's been really cool um to just kind of like see his impact on this team um, which then brings me to like, man, the depth of this team is, is pretty kind of crazy. Like we started off really nice, like pretty healthy, you know, outside of some injuries like Fultz and, and Wendell Carter having injuries like pretty early with, with the knee issues and the broken hand and stuff like that. But outside of that, like this team has been somewhat healthy. And then in the last like three, four weeks, we've just been hit with a fucking train and you know, you got. Gary Harris with missing some time. Jonathan Isaac rolled an ankle. He's been out for for a little bit now. Joe Ingles rolls an ankle. And like literally, I'm at the Kings game. I'm getting ready to drive to the Kings game, which is like an hour and a half for me, two hours depending on traffic. I'm I'm on the highway, like at a red light, getting ready to jump on the highway. And I see the update. Cole Anthony has been ruled out. I almost turned around at that point. I'm like, do I really want to make this drive? But I but I did. Um and then, you know, we're six minutes into the game and Franz rolls his ankle real bad. Mm-hmm. And we have our first significant play with the two-way player in Trevlin Queen. Um, you know, we see Chumo KK start getting some run. Caleb Houston, who's been kind of like in and out of the lineup a little bit, played a decent amount in September, but like shaky, not great results. Um, but then all of a sudden people have been stepping up. Tell me what have your thoughts been with the depth of this team and how it's just been utilized the last couple of games to really like just, play through a lot of adversity mm, um i think the I, well it was tested quite quickly you know like with goga and ab because they weren't in the rotation you know and i, I like i think it's it's always a risk but and it'll pay off but the fact that mose went with the skip over the bench and he put them straight in the starting lineup rather than messing with that second unit because i think that they knew what they were onto with that second unit you know, and the early numbers were really good because I, I think like even by numbers that when that second unit's healthy, they were just whipping teams, right? So I love that he did that. Goga's been unreal. Goga's been like, just do do what you need. Um, sometimes the rim protection isn't always there and stuff, but 
I think he's he's quite he's that version of a guy who is a big who's not going to always hit his threes, but he is going to kind of be aware of where he needs to be as the ball enters the paint. You know what I mean? He's always got his hands up ready for the catch. He's always there for the putback. He's big, he's strong, and I, I really like him. Um, interesting little side note is that when Australia played Georgia at the World Cup this year, him and Joe kind of got into it a little bit, um, which I thought was really funny. Uh, but now they're on the team and they're obviously getting along really well, and that was before they'd played a game together. Um, so, yeah, it was tested quite quick, and, you know, that was great. That was, I was like, I think all Magic fans had a bit of a sigh of relief. And then, yeah, this this stretch though, man, like holy, like I, like, I didn't know anything about Trevor and Queen, man. Like, I'm not gonna say I did. Like I think he he won G League MVP. I'm pretty sure. Um, sure. Um, Chuma. Yeah, last year. Yeah, like Chuma, man. I I I'd had my moments with Chuma where I've been high, but I started to really get to a point where I was a bit like, all right, like it, it, it might not be happening with this guy. You know, he he he's probably not gonna be on this team in the long run. He might just be floating around the edges of the NBA eventually. Um. And but Caleb, and I don't I'm like I promise you, and I think you might remember. I know me and you talk hoops via text message a lot, man. I've been high on Caleb. I've liked Caleb since day dot. I've always been like, yep, this kid's probably there, like probably in a rotation for us in the coming years. And I'm really happy he's getting an opportunity. Um, I kind of floated with some of my friends yesterday. Like I'm not crazy, right? Like I've talked about Caleb Houston, and my friend Dan was like, "Yeah, every time he gets minutes, you're always kind of like, yeah, this guy's gonna, this guy's gonna play for us eventually." So that's really cool. And I think it's just it comes down like your depth also comes down to your culture. Like, like is your culture good? Is that kid on the bench like not pissy and not gonna take that pissiness into the court and think like, "Oh, I've got to get mine now because I'm playing." Are they going to play the game? Are they going to play for the team? And like with Mo's, with the leaders, I think Paolo and Franz are becoming. With um, we got a lot of positive mindset guys. Jalen Cole, I think Markel Fultz is a real positive mindset guy, and you know he's obviously still around the team while he wasn't playing. Um, but I think that culture then means like, are these kids going to come in and play well? And Truma just he's come in. You know he had the little hot stretch. Besides that, he's kind of been okay. He's playing some good defense here and there, but. After the trade deadline, if we go like a two for one or something, and we need to bring a second, a, a different dude into the full time ten man rotation, I, I'd be I'd be comfortable with that being Caleb Houston, man. And I think that's a big testament to kind of what the Magic are doing at the moment. I agree, man. On Caleb, he's been really fun to watch these last couple of games. I will admit, in December, I was not out on him by any means, but I was a little bit lower on him for a few moments because it was like his shot wasn't falling it looked like there was some inconsistencies with his defensive effectiveness that i thought was yeah irregularity with his defensive effectiveness thank you and uh i i was just like is it didn't seem like he was like always it, it seemed like it almost like stopped a little bit and so i had this point jonathan our friend Listeners, we have a friend named Jonathan. The three of us in our group chat, we've been friends for like six years now. So if we say that name, just know it's like a friend of ours. Um, he, we were in a group chat together on on um, on Twitter on X, and uh, I just said, you know, guys, I, I think I'm I'm lower on what I think Caleb's impact can be long term for this team, and I wouldn't be surprised if the team had to open up a roster spot this summer if maybe. You know, for for someone bigger, you know, he would be an easy person to kind of move around. Like, like maybe that's 
maybe that could be a small possibility. Like probably unlikely because his contract is so cheap, but maybe that is something. Um, and then like I was quickly reminded that I'm an idiot and I don't know shit about basketball because this kid just like started bawling. But I think a lot of that has to do with having a more consistent role, right? Yes. Go back and look at his minutes in, in December and how it was. He'd play like four or five games in a row at like 16 minutes. And then he'd come down, like miss a game or two, come in at like 10 minutes, play 20 minutes. Like it's kind of all over the place. And I have this theory and I kind of like, it's been confirmed a bit with, um, you know, I don't want to say this name too much because uh, Magic fans hate the guy, but uh, Mo Bamba's trainer, off-season trainer, Henry Wu, um, uh, you know, Mo Bamba trigger word for a lot of Magic fans. But he told me there's just some guys that are not meant to be their best if they don't, like, not everyone can come off the bench and have an inconsistent role, um, mm. role being minutes, role being, like, are you playing every night or not, um, role mm. being just, like, who are you standing next to in the lineup, not are you just subbing in here and there. Um, you know, some players are just never going to be able to, to vibe like that. Someone who can do that, Mo Wagner. He proved that last year, right? Um, someone who I think struggles with that uh, a bit, Chuma. He's played much better defense these last couple of games, right? His offense has still been streaky, but he's starting to play better with a bigger role. And Caleb, fuck yeah, man. Dude, this just fucking knocked down seven threes in a game to help us beat the Hawks last night. Like, uh you know his defense looks so much better um even though he's gone from second unit to starter but he knows he's going to be playing these last three games he knows he's been playing like 25 to 30 minutes a game right so i just i feel like there's certain guys and maybe he's one of those guys where it's like like you said or if we move off chuma and, and gary at the deadline or something like that like maybe he's jumping in there to to, to get a bigger role and i'm the dude's young dude he looks like a baby still and i i'm excited to to see what he's got. He's got a flamethrower. He's got one of the best looking shots on the team. Um, as far as like visually, it looks just really nice and pretty. Um, so I'm psyched there. I'm glad you've noticed it. I'm glad you've enjoyed it. I think it's been hard for people not to enjoy it these last mm. couple of games, particularly after last night. Um, Coach called him the machine, and I think I think that's a great nickname for him, you know? Yeah. Um, do you question though like i don't want to move off off the whole injury topic just yet but maybe on a positive note like recently we've had um wendell carter jr come back in uh he got integrated as a starter right away looked really wonky then a handful of games ago coach said you know what we're we're gonna bring you back in but we're gonna bring you in off the bench um granted he didn't play last game because of his knee again um and then we have mark Fultz coming back for the first time um you know, with, with missing 25 games so far this season. So, um, and granted, both guys deserve to have a few games to get their rhythm back and find themselves. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. It's, it's hard for anyone to come back looking amazing game one after missing 20 games. I just want to give that caveat there. What's your thought with those two players being reintegrated into the team and kind of like long-term, what are you thinking? I think that there's been a bit of a change in, I think last year that stretch that we had to finish was a lot built around Markel's playmaking ability, feet in the paint, and Paolo and Franz kind of like reacting to a bent shifted defense and just like Paolo kind of working out how strong he was it, once in, you know, he was in the most physical kind of league he probably played in. And, you know, Wendell just being a really high IQ, big guy who was able to kind of get a shot, you know, from a few different spots. and. Then this year, I think, like, without Markel really there, 
what happened is like Paolo and Franz have just added a lot more to their game. And like, granted, like Franz shot percentages aren't great, but like, you know, he's still just such a crafty kind of guy that defenses have to kind of bend and shift to the way he moves, you know, like, like I've always said, he's, he's, he's got that, he does have that kind of like Manui kind of European kind of slinkiness about him that some of those guys who come from, you know, European backgrounds and, and even like I've said, like a, a younger Joe Ingles and that kind of like the way they navigate space through the court. So I think Paolo and Franz just kind of got better and Jalen Suggs just kind of got better. And then they had a bunch of games to kind of keep getting better. And then Wendell came in and he's just like kind of rusty. And it just it felt like even at the start of the season, like it, it maybe it was just like the, the picture of how this team is going to win games has, has shifted a touch. And I think Wendell maybe was the player that had the most difficulty kind of adjusting to that or like how do I fit into this now? Um, so I would say that, you know, I'm still really high on him. I still, I think, still think Wendell Carter Jr. is a great player. Um, you know, there's been some whispers that, you know, the Magic are open to taking calls on him now, which I think, like, if that's true, you know, well, then they're high on Goga and Mo, but I don't necessarily want to wade into the waters of speculation in that regard. Like, I still think he's a part of our future, but yeah, I think he'll, he'll be okay. He's, he's, he's a good, he's a good basketball player. Like, we can't have a goldfish memory about that at all. You know what I mean? Like, he's, Last year, you had some national media guys, like some of the national media guys more on the proper nerdy side, like actual game stuff, like your athletics, your ringers and stuff like that, like being like, is this the most underrated five man in the league? Like, and I think there was a fair case for that. So yeah, um, the Markel thing, man, um, you know me, Markel, one of my favorite players on the team, man, like when he's been healthy and, and feeling himself, man, like one of the funnest players to watch and like rooting for him for everything. I'm so happy that, you know, he found himself and his confidence and his spirit and maybe even his love for the game again, you know, with us and our organization. Like, like I've always said, you watch an interview with him during the Philly shit compared to now, man, like that's a different young man. Like he's now a confident man, you know, like, but, and like last night he rolled in, you know, looking like fucking, you know, white chocolate, Steve Nash, he's throwing them things around, you know, he's getting everybody set up, but the hitch and the shot, I don't want to be reactionary, but it's 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 like it's back, man. Like it's the shoulder is back, and the free throws were like hard to watch. And I don't know much about the consistency of the TOS stuff, but um, yeah, like I don't know. I I, I want to wait and see for a few games, but it, it it I had this moment last night, and I'm sitting there, and I'm like, if it is like this, and he can't make a free throw, and he's airballing his shots and the shoulder hitch is really back because it had been there in warm-up videos that we'd seen i'm like we're not at a our depth is too good now like we would i would maybe just rather play ab like and just let ab be like a really simple table setter you know who's learning the game rather than like the passes that markel can throw but the thing about markel what made him so powerful in that 18 months where he was kind of like at his healthiest is that the league knew like you get him in the mid range, he's not missing. So the defenses would kind of like defense kind of collapsed onto him a little bit because I guess they knew their scout, they knew the analytics, and he could find guys. You know, he could go baseline and hook it back into a big who's crashing towards the basket. And without that shot, I, I don't actually know what Markel is. You know, and we could talk about the three point like whatever, but without his mid range, without like without that, 
what is he? And and I'm a bit worried, man. And I I just want to wait and see. But you can't lie and say that hitch is there. Like I saw some. Um, I don't know if I told you, man, but I got I got like a I got a burner Twitter now, like real burner. Like don't even follow. Like I just follow like the magic and a few different places, and I look at it very occasionally now. But I did see some um some like oh he needs a bit of time back, and it's like no 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 like the hitch isn't time off the game that's something's up so I'm, I'm worried man so we'll see we'll see with that yeah i you know me with with waltz i have liked him as a person i was super fucking high on him in the draft i was really excited that we drafted him but traded i and i live in the bay area and i'm surrounded by golden state warriors and i'm surrounded by three pointers all day and mm. so it's always been a little i've always had that question on long term how is he going to work with this team without that shot? So I've already been there. And then we've had all this injury stuff continue to go on. And I just continue to see myself like, okay, we have our star players more. Like, how does Fultz fit next to them in this road, in this team, right? Mm. And maybe it's maybe it is as a starter if he can figure his shit out again, you know, with the mid-range and and, and that. You know, Suggs is is flamethrowing right now. Is that real? If that is real and he can shoot at the way he's shooting it from 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 three, if that stays, then yeah, you can kind of deal with a point guard that doesn't shoot as many threes because you're getting shooting elsewhere, right? Um, you know, the bench unit, you're integrating someone like Caleb Houstonmore, who's a flamethrower again from three. Like, cool, you can that, that those are ways you can cover up someone with without that ability, and he can attack in the mid range and continue to set people up and be a magician uh, with the ball in his hands that way. But I've also learned that, like, I want the ball in Paulo and Franz's hands, right? Mm. And so there's, like, a usage concern that I, I have questions with there, too. So that's, like, is he a second unit player? Maybe. That could be that could be a really good thing for him, too, if he could find some balance there as well. Give him a little bit more usage. He's a younger kind of version than, like, Joe Ingles is right now. So maybe he kind of, like, slides into that Joe Ingles role a little bit with, like, the guy who settles the second unit down and allows Cole to play a little bit more on and off ball together, right? Um, but ultimately, like, as much as I love the kid, as much as I love how, and I'm 34, 35, I, I'm calling him a kid, right? Um, so, uh, but as, as much as I, as I want to, like, continue to have faith in him, I ultimately care about Fultz, or uh, Franz and Paulo a lot more. Um, and they're long, like, what's best for them long term in this team? And that's where I'm like, isn't does it make sense to give him a contract extension or sign him to a new deal this this offseason? Um, obviously, it's way too early to tell. We we need some time to see what he's got. Um, you know, is this is this thing manageable? Is it not? Like, what's going on? But ultimately, I'm tired of unhealthy players, and and I want to just surround Paulo and Franz with reliability, uh, both physically and and skill wise on the court and that's where I start to have questions, right? And mm. that's where I'm, it would suck for a lot of fans and I can admit that I'm a little less emotionally attached to faults, but that's where I'm like, yeah, is it time to move on? Uh, you know, mm. in the next future, not, not, not like today, maybe not even this trade deadline. He's been with us long enough. We've invested in him long enough to where I think unless the deal was just way too good to pass up, like you, you kind of got to give him this year to like figure some shit out and like sort through things and figure it out. But 
we'll see, man. Um, it's just encouraging to have him back on the court. You know, he did do some nice things on the court. He also did some unmemorable things on the court. Um, so we'll we'll see what happens. Um, Can I just say know, one thing? Another four or five games, we'll know a lot more about him. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think I think the thing with Fultz is like what it was is we 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 had him kind of like find his feet in Orlando and it was cool and like like you said you're a little less emotionally invested um I think you and I have talked like I'm a sucker for the story you know like I like I've always you know I've always been a very emotional basketball fan like that that is the honest truth like my second favorite player of all time is Alan Iverson just because of the whole you know just so much of like his heart his story was kind of my thing and that, that's that that is always the type of fan I will be um so with Fultz like I really was rooting for the kid and you know I, I, I had these like hopes you know like it, it'll work out but I think what it was was we got him and he had this foundation to kind of find his game again and he did it but he did it whilst whilst the question was still being asked of what our future was and I think what it is is yeah. that it, it is that well, now the answer to the question, in a way, is 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 that we've worked out we've got these two foundational pieces in Paolo and Franz, and now he then becomes the question: Do you fit with what the answer was? It was kind of cool, you know. And then we drafted Franz, and then we drafted Paolo, and now it's like, well, we now know that they're the answer to to the question as to what was our future. You were a great story during. Now we need to reposition the question, and it's: Do you fit with this? these two guys who in a way were the answer to what our future was so it's kind of like he had this little like this bridge between even though he played with those guys like your ag vooch and evan era like he had this bridge between that and then as we bridged into parlon front it's like you now need to reposition like your kind of approach to markel and i even think now like i i even think that for us like shooting is going to be a premium at the end of the day and I, I I think what we we didn't go draft like we didn't go draft two gunner shooters from three, you know we've we've got guys who have been patchy and and have stretches and I know Paolo's shooting good for the year now but like we can't say that that's always the case like we've seen him go oh from six oh from whatever we drafted guys who probably need shooters around them rather than it being Markel with shooters around him and I just think that yeah the the question there's some questions that the magic need to kind of ask. Yeah. And and it's possible that, you know, he gets another like little short extension to kind of see things out. I, I definitely, at this point with his injuries, I wouldn't expect another like four year deal, maybe like a, another one in one kind of deal or something like that um, with him. If he's going to stick around, unless he just fucking blows it out of the water the rest of the year, you know, like finds his rhythm pretty quickly and just crushes it. But there's to me there's just like too many injury things to give him another long contract mm-hmm. um but you know maybe maybe he's around next year um i i hope he can find his way i the, the kid is awesome and I, I would love for him to continue to to whether it's with us or someone else in the team or in the league to to, to be able to contribute at a high level he, he's a good person um you know he's fought through a shit ton of adversity and and you know that would be great to see but but again, ultimately, you know, like you and I both said, like, can he fit next to Paul and Franz? And 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 I'm not gonna say I know the answer to that question. I have a feeling uh, about that answer, but um, you know, I he does deserve to be able to answer that himself. And he's back now, so we get to see that, which will be really cool. Um, yeah. Been impressed with the way Black has stepped up into his role so far, which has been really cool. You know, like 
he's not a volume shooter from three. He's had some times where, you know, he's streaky and young and definitely we knew he needed to work on that. But it's like, I just looked it up. You know, it's like 35% from three. The dude's like six, seven. Um, definitely has some work to do offensively, but defensively he's just been a monster and had some really nice performances. So that's mm. been pretty fun to watch. Um, we'll see what Jet looks like when he gets a little bit closer to playing with his team. He's like the team obviously values the 30 plus minutes a night he's getting with, with the G league at the moment over maybe playing, maybe not playing with the magic, which is fine. You don't draft a guy for, for year one, you draft him for the future. Players Um, will have like, before we, there there will be like, I think sometimes Sorry. Sorry. We have a little bit delay audience. So that we're like kind of talking over each other. There's, I think, um, Teams will draft a kid and know that they will still be able to develop their game in training and being an 11th, 12th, or 13th man and might not play. I think some teams will draft a kid and think, like, actual reps for this guy right now. And see, like, an example is that Caleb kind of lived in a bit of a weird spot where he was, correct me if I'm wrong, but he was kind of going back and forth a little. And I think they were pretty comfortable with him just being around the main team without playing for a while where see like jet seems to be really like you're an 11th pick but you need to go down there and you know the 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 whispers seem to be like the defense and the iq and um my little knowledge around jet because again like i think he like he was a bit of a reach and not necessarily who i thought we were going to go for so i didn't know as much about him um besides obviously you know the the family heritage with his father and stuff but i would say that they know what they're doing, I think, and they might know that being a contributor to an NBA team with where his understanding of the game is and ability to translate that into the actual NBA game, I don't think that he is ready. And I think that's kind of the trust I have in the coaching staff. And um, but what we might lose from other guys just to bring in him in the hope that like the shots start landing, um, I think they've probably done the you know, the analysis there of the value of it. And I, I think that they, yeah, they do seem to value that, like, just go play, yeah. just go hoop, learn how to play again. Because the thing with the G League, man, is it, it's like the talent level isn't there. But the thing about G League is that there's, like, hungry guys, you know, like there's this hungry dudes who want spots. And it's like, yeah, so I, I'm I'm interested to see when we're in a position where they are, like, considering Jet someone to be a rotation player. Like, but... That's just I, I just I'm not I'm not really thinking about him to be honest. I'm kind of like he's just back of mind for me, and you know we'll see what happens in the future. Sure. Yeah, and you know we might that future might be somewhat after the trade deadline. You know, mm. when if we do a couple of things, move some move some guys, maybe he's getting a more of a call up at that point. You know, we'll we'll see what happens at the end of the season. But yeah, I, I think his time is probably really going to be more like next year, like you know, kind of filling in and, and seeing what happens there. So. um I'm not really too worried about him either right now. Like when he, when he, when he calls up and plays, he plays and and that'll be it at this point. Um, man. So we're wrapping up here in a little bit, but uh, I want to touch on a couple more things before we completely uh, say goodbye and roll up this, this episode. Um, we've, we've talked a lot about development right now. Um, I I'd be remiss if I didn't bring up, from a coach to another coach, what you've been seeing in coach Mosley. Like we don't need to necessarily break down his X's and O's and stuff like that, unless you want to, but like he's certainly grown and evolved as a coach from year one to, to year three. 
something that hasn't changed and if anything has only gotten better is is the commitment that these guys do play for him and how hard they play for him but what else are you seeing with coach Mosley and his growth you know as as a as a leader as a as a as a mentor as a as an X's and O's guy with with this roster how how impressed have you been with coach and, and where he's gone and whatnot mm. um I will I will just say first and foremost I coach rep basketball in in Victoria Australia so like I'm nowhere near an NBA coach and I've always said uh, a people leader is what I'm better at than an X's and O's guy so I do coach like a good level of youth hoops in a way but um, no I've always I've always said my thing is just like being a, a, a people uh, a players coach but regardless like obviously like that is a side of a game that does interest me somewhat um, I, I I think sometimes man I struggle with the magic to like stop and see what's happening sometimes. Cause I'm I, I, like, I, 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 there's emotion with the magic, you know what I mean? Like, and, and, and that's different to how I might watch other teams. But what I'll say is Mosley is a player's coach. First and foremost, man, like he is a, a younger coach. He can still get on the court with the guys. And I think we started to notice that last year, but I think this year, like you can see that they believe in him and love him. Like, I think that like Jalen Suggs said, what, a day or two ago, he's like, he's like a father figure to me. And I don't think, like, he's not just paying lip service to that. Like, I think he is really connecting with these guys in a way that is, is, is valuable. Um, last year was a lot of, and he, I think he said it, he's like, I want to just let these guys see the court. There's was a lot of like, you know, dribble handoff, read and react kind of stuff, like what's in front of you, where I think now you're seeing more kind of, um, you know, early shot clock actions to try and see what the defense is doing, where their switch is, what their switching scheme is, and actually looking for matchups and stuff because the usage of Paolo and Franz has gone up. You know what I mean? We're just letting them rock a little bit more with the ball. So, like, I feel like, and like, them, they're like, look, there's going to be someone out there with, with, with more of a kind of Rain Man type brain about um, Orlando's play the last two years than mine, but I feel like I'm seeing more kind of like, Early shot clock, like quick cuts from, you know, the 45 to the to the corner with like, you know, then a weak side downstream. So someone comes up, Franz gets it on the catch. They look at how the defense has shifted and they go from there. Where last year, it just did feel a little kind of like, you know, someone comes off a pin down in the corner, you know, um, we kick it over to them. Then there's a dribble handoff, you know, and just just very eyes up basketball. See what's in front of you make decisions, learn from your decisions. Um, where this year, the, the, just some of the actions just seem a little bit more kind of like, well, let's break down their defense. Let's not just kind of play basketball, you know, or let's find a matchup. Let's not just play basketball. It seems a little more like he's just got a little more faith in them to to get on the court and like catch out defenses that can be broken down and, and, and kind of test the opposing team. Um, so that's, that's just kind of my like basic view of what I'm seeing. Um, I would say that Mosley is, man, he's got like, I, I, I don't remember him being this loud courtside. Like it's, it's like really like coming along. Like I feel like it's getting more and more. He's, and I've got like a little bit of a different view on that. Like I've got, like I've heard some really interesting perspectives from coaches about not coaching from the sidelines and letting guys kind of play through mistakes and then like talking to them. But he's a real coach from the sidelines guy. 
you know, he really rides every play, you know, like, you know, um, by yourself, show your hands, you know, like show your hands is a big one for him. Show your hands, show your hands, you know, on defense. And um, so I don't know. I think that that kind of stuff can have a, a bit of a mixed um, outcome, but he is a guy that I love for this team. Um, you know, I think he's, he's gotten better with, I think this, that, that run that we had, like, you know, rotations were kind of, good and stuff and I don't think he seems as out of his out of his depth in big moments now like I, I, I think he he seems to have a bit more composure I think they've always they're they're in they're coaching in the best league in the world they're all good at keeping a straight face but there's something about him now where I see I feel like I'm watching a guy who really is like I'm good you know like and he's 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 ready to go so I've really enjoyed where he's at um and I really enjoyed just kind of like, yeah, seeing guys get better um, because I think him and that coaching staff are a, a, a big part of it. I think we have a great coaching staff at the moment. So I'm, I'm well, a good coaching staff for this team. So I'm very happy. Yeah, right now things feel right with this with this staff, the way they're collected and put together. I think we'll we'll really see what this staff is made of and even the players are made of um, in, in the playoffs this summer or hopefully we make the playoffs. But yeah, in the playoffs. Mm. Um, and it's you know it's a great development opportunity for not just magic players but also the coaches so i don't know if like it goes real poorly i'm saying like they gotta go but it's like mm. you know it's gonna be one of the best experiences for development for paulo and franz at such a young age that you were mentioning earlier it's mm. also gonna be a really good experience for for the coaching staff for coach mosley and his team who are a pretty experienced coaching staff. These aren't a bunch of young guys. They're, they've all been assistants in other other parts of the league. Um, I think another one has even been a head coach at one point. So there's there's definitely experience there. So it'll be fun to watch them in the playoffs. And then, you know, if they're still around next year, which I assume they would be at this point, um, you know, how they evolve from there. Now, mm. Luke, at one point I wasn't going to bring this up and we kind of skipped over it, but now I'm going to circle back to this because I've thought about this. We're a month out. It's it's January 8th. The treadline is the deadline is February 8th. What is your mindset going, you know, these these four weeks going into the trade deadline uh this year for the Magic? Um my dream players uh like you know like everybody's like oh man, you know, what about this like um Anthony Simons like but I don't think Portland trade trading him. Like I know Portland I I think what I think why people in Magic fandom are kind of getting on that trade machine and posting those pictures is that like they've got a question to ask. You know, they've got Shaden Sharp, Scoot Henderson, and him, and then they've got kind of like an older leader kind of dude in Malcolm Brogdon, and and they they will also be kind of wondering like whether or not he could be a six man for them if they do try to transition to winning a bit sooner. You know, um, so I don't think you know they would immediately picture him as like trade fodder just yet, but. Uh, so the, you know, the idea of Anthony Simons for me is a big one. Um, and then Tyus Jones is another one that's getting floated out there, um, as another dream thing. But in reality, look, I think that shooting, like we are in a position right now where like, if you look at our percentages, um, you know, there's more guys shooting over 35% than you might think. Um, so I think shooting is, but besides, despite that, I think shooting is a big thing for us. Um, movement shooting, I think as well. Um, not necessarily just catch and shoot guys. Like I'd love a little bit of movement shooting as well, because then you're starting to ask questions of the other defenses like help and the guy who's doing Palo and Franz as well. And 
movement shooting, you know, you start to bend and twist the defense a little more, giving guys like Paolo and Franz more opportunity to kind of cook and, you know, find their spots. So um, that's a big one for me. Like the reality of it is, man, is like, I don't know what teams have what guys available, but movement shooting something, I, I, I think that a guy like Gary, a guy like Truma, we've got the Denver 2025 pick. I, I I haven't really thought about it as like what's realistic. I've just kind of thought about like if we came away with something to help open up the floor for our best guys, it'd be really helpful. But at the end of the day, I still think this team healthy. Like we're not winning a championship, so it's almost like I feel, I still feel like this ten man unit like healthy. Why not give them a run together at the playoffs? You know what I mean? Like because we were winning games and our defense has been unreal, and so. I don't know. There's a lot of questions. Tyus Jones, man, is interesting. It's like he is on a fucking horrendous team. Um, he is a good shooter. You know, he's not high volume, but he will provide better spacing than anyone else that started at the one for us this year. Um, you know, table setter with a good attitude. You know, he can he can be a you know like him and Jalen Suggs can take turns at being the third best scorer on the team for a while, but like. It kind of interests me because the best basketball we played this year was with Anthony Black, who, whilst showed some flashes, like, played fairly safe. Like, you know what I mean? Like, he didn't expect to be thrown in as quickly as he could. And I think sometimes you couldn't see that in his game. Like, he didn't. He kind of sometimes was almost a little, like, you forget he's on the court with Anthony Black. And it's kind of like, I feel like, in a way, Tyus Jones could kind of be that, but good. Like, the good forget he's on the court because he's not fucking... Make it, he's not turning the ball over, you know what I mean? He's not taking ill-advised shots. But the thing is, he's shooting better. He's more comfortable. You know, he's been around longer. And then it can put AB maybe like, I don't know if, where Markel will be at health-wise, but put AB like as the backup or at least playing behind Cole and getting some minutes here and there, just like he was probably going through this season anyway. And I think that that might be someone to really just continue this kind of like notion that, some of our improved basketballs come from Paolo and France having more shots. You know what I mean? Like, so I don't know. He's a really interesting one to me, but he's going to be sought after like that. I think that's the thing. He's going to be sought after. He's, he really had his, like the awareness of his game come to light, you know, with like how well of a backup he became for how good of a backup he became for jar and, you know, just how consistent he was. So he's one that really interests me. Um, the thing is, like, when someone is coveted and someone is sought after, it's like, well, cool, that's the market. Play the game. Like, are you going to pay the highest price? Like, Washington will just want the highest price. Like, that's, like, people are very... NBA fans talking about trades often blows my mind that I think sometimes Magic fans think that you're just meant to press a green button and then you just traded for the player and they get really mad. Like, why didn't we trade for them? And it's like, well, it's about the comfort level of the price. But we've got a little bit in our bag. You know, we've got a couple of other teams, like, picks here and there. We've got the Denver 2025 first. I know it's Denver. It's probably not going to be great. But we've got a few seconds there, you know. We got, like, we got the Phoenix. We got a Phoenix first, too. Like, a yeah. complicated and, and, Phoenix And, like, first. the fucking the thing is, like, if, if they really believe in Paolo and Franz and their, their ability with someone like that who is, like, good at the game of basketball in a pretty, like, in a, in a way that's not going to impose on their ability to develop, we actually also have our own picks, you know, like throw one in from down the track if, and don't use the others. Like, 
I think you, you, you want to get better. Like the trade market is a fucking, it is a game, you know, it is, it is bidding. It is an auction essentially to a team or a player. So he's an interesting one to me. Um, he's coming off contract really? and it would, it would basically seal the deal that Markel's not in any way considered part of the future. But the Tyus Jones one is interesting to me, man. Like the dream is that we, because like the thing with the Anthony Simon thing, man, like he's on a pretty decent contract up until like age twenty seven before it even really be reaching his prime. So like, but Portland, Portland, I don't think Portland are going to trade him. So I don't know, but yeah, like movement shooting. But outside of that, it's like I, I, I don't know. I, I'm I'm just really just going to sit there, man. And you know the story with me, like trade deadline shit is always in Australia. It's all hitting that that mountaintop right as I wake up. So my thing is always like my routine is always like wake up, I get on my phone, I lay in my bed and I just cop that last two hours, man, and just like read through. So I don't really know, man. I, I, I'm a little bit, I know this might've been a bit of a wishy-washy answer, but I, I think it's the type of thing where I'll probably have a bit of a sharper it's opinion fine. come like the week in the lead up. Yeah. I, yeah, obviously we have no idea what's really going to go on. We, we have, we have had a bit of, been a part of a couple rumors, which has been a little fun. Um, I, I expect something to happen. This this front office has made a move, large or small, every single deadline they've been a part of us, right? I think yeah. The first one was uh, trading Alfred Payton. Uh, the second one was, I don't remember. Markel, I think. Maybe Markel Fultz, actually. It was, Mar- it was Markel. Um, yeah. Then, then, then the following year, they in the following year they got James Ennis, and then uh they've they've just done a bunch they've done something every single every single deadline right some big some small they blew up the fucking roster at one point right so i expect them to do something else again um i i don't know if i expect chuma and gary and fultz to all be on the team uh at the same time i think wendell is a little bit more safe just because there's a few few more years on his contract but all three of those guys are expiring um I, I threw Fultz in there just as a caveat. He's probably the least likely one to get traded. I think they probably want to see him a little bit more, but there is a possibility. Like if this front office were to trade for Tyus Jones or uh, Malcolm Brogdon, you know, something like that, Brogdon's really high on my list. I, I would hope in a sense that they would move off Marco Fultz just so things are cleaner for this roster, right? It's sad and, and you know, it would be emotional for a lot of people. Um, but at the same point, we talked about this earlier. I just want want a cleaner, cleaner clarity for this for Paulo and Franz, and I, I think that is a way to do that, right? And then you still have wing players that you're not giving up, and Gary Harris, and or or whatever, however that works. You're you're saving a wing player by replacing a guard for a guard. The the next team can you know resign him or have the calorie, salary cap space. Um, you know, like you said, we do have all of our picks. We do have some extra picks in the first and second rounders there um just some guys off my list that i'm kind of like monitoring i yeah simons would be cool he's a little bit small so i do question like mm. playoff fit a little bit there but but he would mm. definitely help our scoring a bit um tyus jones i like him a lot he fills a lot of things but then it's like i think he's like six two or six one mm. he's a shorter guard smaller guard defensively mm. are him and cole gonna be like just picked out too hard in the playoffs it's a yeah. Another question, but he fills so many other goals that like maybe you can live with that. Um, but at that point, like you really got to have probably Black or Suggs next to him at all times just to be able to hand switches because he's he's always going to be guarding the smaller guy at that point, mm. right? Um, and then, but but like maybe if you're 
going for ties, maybe you could also like somehow get Corey Crisper. Uh, yeah, Corey Crisper, author, nice, nice shooter. Crisper, thank you. Nice movement shooter um, with Washington. He'd be, he'd be fun. Another guy I like is um, Gary Trent Jr. I, I haven't loved like some of the off like locker room things that he's been attached to with each of his last teams, but a decent defender. He's shooting like 37, 30%, 8, 38% from three on like seven attempts per game right now, which is pretty nice. I wonder if the Raptors would let him go. I'm not sure. The, their team's weird right now after this big trade they made. So I'm, I'm just not sure what they're thinking. Um, but those are some of the names on my list. I'm high on Malcolm Brogdon. I'm high on Gary Trent Jr. If we could peel him away. Um, I, I I wouldn't mind Brogdon from um, Atlanta or, or, or even Detroit. You know, the guy on Detroit's a little bit older, but he's, he's good. Um, there's a few names out there that, that I like. Any of the Brogdons, let's go. All three of you, let's go. Come on no, now. No, they're, they're, they're um, not called. They're, there's a handful that, of names that... I like. They're not actually called Brogdon, dude. They're the Boyan. They're like it's a different name. Oh yeah, the yeah yeah. 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 Okay, I love, I love it. I love Good American stuff. basketball fans um, struggling with a European name. Um, Brogdon, Malcolm Brogdon, Malcolm dude, Brogdon. Yeah. He doesn't play. He's yep. he doesn't play. Like he he like I've, 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 I've people talk about Brogdon and I'm like look at he plays 48 to 60 games a year like. He's always injured, man. That's my concern with him. Like, I, I, I do worry about him. He's, I think he's good. I think Malcolm Brogdon is good. I do worry a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, like, I think the most he's ever played, I brought it up while you were talking, was his rookie year. He played 75 games. After that, 67 is the next highest. After that, 64. And then from there, he's never played more than 56. So, like, that's where I worry. Gary Trent But if Jr., you go deeper um, into last year... Yeah. If you go deeper into last year's version of him and how he missed mm. the games, it's nothing really concerning. Okay. Um, and that's and then where he's at this year with the connectivity, yes, there is a risk for him. I'm probably not throwing like a shit ton to go get him, but I'm definitely making a call. Because if you go deeper, it's like, yeah, he, it was just sporadic misses here and there. It wasn't like he missed a shit ton of time, like 12 games all at once or something major, just like little dings in that. But yeah, he's he is... He's a risk for sure. He's injury, but I'm like, he's probably a little bit less injury prone than Fultz at this point, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, I don't know, man. I don't know. I, I, I'm probably not chasing that dream right away. Um, considering mm. we have black, we do have Fultz on the team. Maybe I'm, I'm trying to fill in that, that, that wing shooter three and D type guy. Um, that's got a little bit more volume to his game than some of the shooters. I would say have. this. I would say so, this. The, the concern we'll about happens, Anthony man. Simons, the concern about Anthony Simons and Tyus Jones height wise, Suggs, Suggs is the best guard defender in the league right now, if not a top three. Um, and and he's physical. Absolutely. And Anthony Black is six foot seven and has shown defensive flashes. Um, I, I understand playoffs like guys get targeted, but we have built this kind of like jumbo-ish team, you know, like, and, and Paolo and Franz is big and strong and taking steps. Paolo has become a better defender, 100%. Um, still got a way to go, but I, I think that if you're looking at where the gaps are, it's like, well, then can you, can you lean a little bit on this identity you've kind of built to then plug a hole in a different element of the game, you know? So I, I, it's the give and take of roster construction. But I, I, I back our defensive um, like kind of setup and our defensive kind of profile a little bit. 
Um, but I do, you know, I do, I do appreciate that concern because traditionally that's that's what a playoff problem can be for teams is guys getting, you know, targeted and, and stuff like that. But I think sure. we would have an interesting backline to kind of make up for that. So I'd be interested to see how that went. But yeah. Um, it's, it's, it's going to be fun regardless, man. I, I, you know, you and I can't predict the future. The names we said are probably, none of those names are probably going to be the person we, we draft, uh, or, or mean trade for, which is, which is pretty funny. It's going to be someone that's completely off our radar. Um, which, which is going to be, you know, I don't know. It's always something I don't expect. It's, it's, mm. Mm. we could kind of predict it a few things, but this is like an interesting year. You know, it's like the first year they're, they're, they're trading to get better when the only time they've really done that was when they traded for for James Ennis, um, yep. right? The team was in a good spot. They were winning. They needed to get better. They traded to get better. Trading for Fultz, they knew he wasn't playing that year. He was more of a project down the road. And everything else was like dumping a player to get an asset back or something like that. So it's like, um, you know, it, it's it'll be interesting to see to see how they navigate this trade deadline because like, yeah, they have an opportunity to improve this team that is actually playing really well. Mm-hmm. Um, man, this has been really fun. I we're, we're kind of out of time, but you know, quick shout out. Paulo has been fucking killing it, man. Um, you know, his last 10 games have been insane. Uh, you know, only one game under like 27 points. It was like 19 points in that 10 game strip. The last he should have won player of the week. Um, you know, this, this past week, but they gave it to Jalen Brunson. Uh, the Magic have a tough schedule coming up, but I, but, and they're still very injury riddled, injury riddled. So we got to have some of those guys back, but I'm just going to run off some of the, the upcoming schedule that we have coming up. And it's the Timberwolves, um, you know, coming to us, uh, uh, you know, on Tuesday, the, the Miami Heat, we travel down to Miami on Friday. The following week, we have the Thunder. We're going to the Thunder. Um, and then, you know, followed up with the Knicks before we have the Hawks again. So it's just like, we're January is a gauntlet. The 76ers, the Heat again, the Cavs. Um, it, it starts to ease up towards the end of the month, but it's it's going to be a tough little stretch right now, man. Um, any last thoughts before we, we say our goodbyes on this, on this Magic podcast? Um, yeah, no, January, like, uh, it's, yeah, I've been eyeing it off in the lead up. Um, it, it it's it's pretty tough, um, and the, the the really bad slate of health has come at a pretty poor time. But I'm glad we pulled out a couple. Obviously, the Denver win was great. Um, I'm glad we pulled out a couple. Uh, yeah, hopefully we can just keep our heads above water. But like, if you look at the standings, like like at least playing wise, there's still that buffer, which is good. But my hope is just that, yeah, we can get through January. Um, Paolo keeps killing, man. Like, he, he's leading the team in points per game, rebounds per game, and assists per game, I think. Like, he is carrying the fucking load, and you, you don't want it to do that all year. Like, that's not sustainable. Like, I saw, I saw something this morning, man, where someone was like, we need to trade Franz because look how good Paolo's playing without him. And I'm like, oh, my fucking God. Like, are you kidding me? Like, I'm begging you people. To, I'm, I'm begging you people to understand like this, how this shit works in a team sense. Like, you can't just lean on Paolo. Like, this isn't what like this isn't real and sustainable. At the end of the day, this is exciting and fun, and it's what great players do. But that's not championship basketball, and that's not that's not the makeup of teams that have won championships. It's exciting and fun and cool, but it's not sustainable long term. And Franz is fucking unreal at the game of basketball. So. Um, Paolo fucking rocks, man. Yeah, the playmaking, the playmaking is is sick. You know, like 
it's it's yeah, he's he's so fun to watch, man. And um, I think he is a winner. Like I actually fucking I was a bit concerned. You would remember my thing before the draft was I like I was a bit worried we we're gonna get this kid in who became a bit like like you know a bit like I'm an NBA star and like he said you know he he wants to be an all star and stuff and he wants to be this and that but like he works man and I I I love the kid. It's been so fun, man. He's mm. been such a joy to have on this team and watch him like just be the player we wanted for the last 10 years uh at, at the second year um mm. you know he's every other night it seems like he's up there with only four other people to have ever done some stat line or something like that and it's mm. it's just been a lot of fun so well, Magic fans, well, Luke, um, you know, I, I first want to thank you for jumping on the podcast. Thank you for joining the show. I would say plug your social media, but you're not mm. on social media and you have a burner that you're definitely not going to give out. So mm. um, I, I, I appreciate I, it. Thank you tweet. for taking the time. It's always a pleasure. I've not made a tweet. Good. It's just a lurking burner. I know, burner. I know what to look for. Burner. You're giving me clues to go searching for you. It's just a, it's just a lurking burner. I don't Perfect. like anything. You'll never find um, it. I'm, I'm going to try. I'm going to try. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm psyched for you, man. Thanks for joining the show. It's always fun conversation that you and I get to have together, and we'll, we'll definitely make this happen again later on in the season. Um, Magic fans, thanks again for tuning in to another episode of The Close-Up. Make sure you go to Orlando Magic HQ um, or our social media channels and check out all the latest content that we're doing. We do a game recap after every single game because we have a reporter that goes to every single home game. Brett does an amazing job. Um, he does you know, video recaps. He does written recaps of the game. So if you're ever missing something, check that out. There is a forum there if you're an old um, uh uh, NBA GM uh, or what, real GM fan with the old forums. There's a magic forum there that you can interact with. Um, we have you know deep dive content that comes out more often. Uh, and then of course the podcast with myself and then our Friday show, the, the, uh, um, the Orlando magic HQ podcast with Anthony and Al. So check us out. We're doing some cool stuff. Um, we appreciate you. Peace out. Let's go magic. <laughs>